going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My life, my manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope, because of my hope in the promise that God made to our fathers, to which to which of our twelve tribes hope to attain to the to as they earnestly worship night and day. And for the this hope I am accused by the Jews, O King. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convicted, convinced that I ought to do many things opposing to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priest, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to other cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And we heard all, <laughs> when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open the eyes so that many turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea, and also the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds and keepings with repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. This is the word of the Lord. 
And I just um, take a little water. So just a little uh, thing. Yes, you can see it. It's on the big screen. Um, we've gone through a bunch of Herods, and so this is the last Herod, because he's not going to get any children to um, to succeed him. And so he's called King Agrippa, but he's also, yeah, he's Agrippa the second. So we had talked about Herod the first, which was Agrippa. Uh, no, no, sorry. We start all the way on the top. Herod the Great, he's the one that tries to kill Jesus when he's small in Bethlehem. So that's like Herod the Great. So then you have his children, and then David the children, and then there. Um, so as a, as we've been following, these kings are actually mostly brought up in, in, in Rome at this point, And then later on, they're, they're put in place over the region as kind of vassal kings. Um <coughs> Uh, Herod Agrippa the first, uh, they say that it's prob- he probably was uh, a practicing Jew and wanted to obey the law. The critics would say that Agrippa the second probably did it mostly for show, and was m- probably more interested in what all sorts of other things, as we've talked about political power, gaining different things. Uh, so he's the grandson of Herod the king. Uh, Herod, Herod the Great. Um, uh, Bernice, uh, who is with him, is his uh, sister. Uh, okay, that doesn't work. Uh, she has been married earlier to an an uncle, um, but who is uh, some kind of small king somewhere, uh, who was called Herod of Chalice. But she becomes a widow where quite early, and so she returns and stays with her brother. The relationship was suspected of all sorts of things, so they might also have had a relationship. She later goes to Rome and becomes a becomes a what do you call a mistress of of one of the sons of uh, of the emperor, and later. Uh, the the emperor Vespian and his son, who becomes uh, emperor at some point, Titus. But that is just uh, that never turns into a marriage or anything. So she's not legitimately married again with anyone. So that was just to kind of explain, like, who are these extra people who came into the story, and they're kind of of the political elite uh, that are reigning over. Um, um, yeah, the area at this point. Uh, this thing <laughs> is a uh, is what is mentioned, or at least one form of it is what's mentioned uh, in what we haven't heard before, because we've heard Paul's convi- uh, uh, story of meeting Jesus three times now. So this is a new, new added thing where Jesus says to him. Um, He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And so this thing would be uh, used to prod 
cattle to keep going forward. So Jesus is kind of saying like it's it's futile of you to keep banging against and think that you can that you can uh, that you can keep persecuting the Christians. It's not going to work. Uh, you can you might as well come and join <laughs> and join the cause instead. Um, so that that was just to show an example of that. Um, and so, just going through, just highlighting what we just read, uh, Festus he explains about Paul being left uh, and how the Jews wants him dead, uh, <coughs> um, but he doesn't like. There's no, they can't, or at least um, both Felix and and Festus they can't. There's nothing really to kill him for, uh, so he kind of just stay there. They don't exactly know what they. Uh, they don't exactly know what to do with him. So they just leave him in prison. Until last week where Paul said, okay, I need to be try, tr- tried at, uh, in Caesar's court instead, where he probably would get a little more of maybe a fair trial. At least the, the judges don't want to kill him. Um, so then we have Agrippa and Benice showing up in all their beautiful garbs and stay with with Festus a long time and they they talk about this and Festus like oh or, uh, Agrippa asked if he could hear Paul and so oh yeah that'd be a good idea and he they gathered like all the the famous elite and then they come and Festus introduces Paul and say this is the one all the Jews want me to kill um but I don't know because I don't think he should die because there's done nothing to, that he should die. But then again, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to the emperor either because uh, now he is supposed to go to the emperor, so I don't know exactly what to do. So if we can hear something in what he says, we can say, okay, this is the charge uh, that he has because, like he says, I say, he said, it's kind of strange to send a prisoner and not say why we're sending the prisoner. Um, and then uh, Paul is allowed to speak, so he's like, okay, now you can defend himself. And so he says, okay, so, so just yet another court session. Um, and Paul, he says, again, like, I'm fortunate because, Agrippa, you know these customs, you know the things, you also know the controversies, so please listen to me. And so he asks all these hearers to be ready to hear. And then comes the, like we talked, the third testimony about Paul's conversion. He talks about the great light that's lighter than the sun. Um, But even before that, he talks about how he zealously persecuted the church, uh, how he persecuted the believers. He locked some up. He... He voted that some of them should die. He punished them. He even tried to make people blaspheme so that they could get killed. And so in full of rage and 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 uh, fury, he he is working really hard to kill, kill the believers in Jesus. And on one of those trips that we've experienced that he's going to Damascus there with authority from the chief priest, then we again we heard this bright light, brighter than the sun. And that group falls to the ground. Paul hears a voice, and this time he says he's here. He hears it in the Aramaic, 
Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to like kick against the goat as we talked about before. And then, so it's Jesus saying, you can't fight me. It's useless to fight me. It would be like kicking your feet against something sharp. It's just going to be painful. And you won't be able to win, Jesus says. And and we can actually, I, I thought it was an interesting parallel. We can see that in Paul's life, have we seen that whoever tries to kill him, although it seems like they succeed sometimes, he just keeps popping up. That no matter how much opposition he has, the the gospel keeps spreading, not just because of Paul, but because of the power that's in him, because Jesus is in him, so it keeps spreading. So they can't, Nobody, nobody can quench the gospel, and that's despite like all his trouble, beatings, and plots to kill him. And it's very interesting because now some of the things that keep coming in true, what Jesus said, you stand in front of kings. So this is a king that he stands in front of. Paul is also so bold that he gets to share the, share the gospel with all these super influential people. The lead of the day gets to hear that Jesus is still alive. And so I put those verses there. Because these are new compared to the other parts that we've read. <laughs> so we don't have the whole we don't have the whole session where where Paul is blind, he has to be led by the hand. No, Jesus just says, get up. I appeared to you and pointed you as a servant. And you have to be a witness like the people as Act 2. You're called to be a witness now. And I, and my God, I'm going to deliver you from the Jews. I'm going to deliver you from the Gentiles. And I'll send you out. And people will have their eyes open that they may turn from darkness and to come into true light. That they will come out of darkness and the power of Satan and they will be come into God's light. That they will receive forgiveness and a place among those who are sanctified. And they're sanctified by how, Jesus says, by faith in me, by faith in Jesus. And so Paul explains to King Agrippa that I just I did what Jesus told me to do. I I was not I was not disobedient to this vision. I did what Jesus told me to do. First in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and then as we've been following all of Acts, all the region. And I told all the people that they should repent and turn to God. And they not just by word, but in action and deed, that to keep have an action and deeds that follow their repentance that will be in truth and how they will be lived out in the actions that they have in their lives and that is why the Jews are trying to kill me he said that's why they're trying to kill me and he's he's saying they're trying to kill me and I don't understand why because I'm just believing what the scriptures say. I'm believing what Moses said. I'm believing what the prophets said would happen. That the Christ must suffer and die. So referring to Old Testament saying, Moses and the prophets said that this would happen. 
And also, like he said before, like that he fully puts his hope in this. He fully, fully puts his hope in the promises that God has made. That Moses promised, that the prophets promised, that the Christ will come, and that he also must suffer and then be the first fruit from the resurrection. And that Jesus would be proclaimed as the light of the world to the Jews and to the Gentiles. So now we've heard Paul's story for the third time, and there's some new new things. I don't know if there's new things, but there's some other things we heard of the story. It's interesting to see when you read through different passages and see what what is Paul trying to do here. Because he could also talk, or what is Luke trying to do here, because Luke's recording this. So, And Paul is saying this, so what kinds of things are there? Like we just talked about, there's not the blindness, there's not the healing, there's not the Ananias. No, it's, he's going straight to the case, why is it that the Jews want to kill him? And so Paul's saying, they were wanting to kill me because I have this hope. So the question for us is like, what is our hope? Like what is that we put our trust in? And it's like, so you're sitting in church, so many of you are just like, my hope is Jesus. He is my own. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes, that's good. That That's, yes. But also like, but what does it look like day by day? Do I put more hope in my education or my money or by chance or other people or food or safety? And just uh, not to be weird, but that those are all kind of an illusion because we've seen like floods yesterday, we've seen sinkholes, we've seen volcanoes. So putting us uh, hope and trust in safety is kind of a little bit of an illusion, along with the other ones. The food's probably, it's gonna satisfy it to a point, but then it's just gonna hurt. People, or well, most people are gonna fail at some point, not because they're bad, just because they can't fulfill our hopes chance is it just more like a dice I'll take my chances do I many of you are educated do I believe that if I just did this education then that's where I put my hope as we read there in in um, in this oh in this one he says I now stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise that God made to our fathers to which our twelve tribes hope to attain and they earnest and earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by the Jews, O King. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? So he leads it back to where he had the conflict with them in the Sanhedrin. And he's a Pharisee, so he is fully, he believes, also because Jesus has met him now many times, but uh, he believes that Jesus is risen. And that's also actually the interesting part. Luke mentions in the beginning, as the dispute is that Paul asserts that Jesus is alive, where everybody else says he's dead. But Paul, uh, Paul says, no, no, he is alive. And that's where he has his hope. He has the hope in 
the promises that God made to Moses and to the prophets. And now he knows that Jesus has risen from the dead. And he is, keeps saying that that is true. And he says to everybody else, why is it that you don't understand this? This was what the prophets and Moses said would happen. So that's where Paul puts his hope and his trust is in Jesus. And that he did not just die, but he resurrected and he's coming back. So that's where Paul puts all his hope in that. So much hope that he, now he's on trial for the third or fourth or fifth time. And he does not want to recount that hope. Because he has truly met the risen Christ. And he was sent. He was sent to tell more people about this. He was sent to ask people to turn from their darkness. Turn from the, from the shadow of death and Satan to Jesus. By grace through faith to believe in Jesus. So is that the hope we have? Day by day. I was like, oh, it's a big thing to think about every day. But maybe it's good to, to just be continuously thinking, oh, yeah, I have a hope that's solid, that cannot be shaken, not even if I don't have enough education or money, or I don't have the right people around me, or I don't have all the food I want, or I'm actually not in a safe place. Interesting contrast maybe is actually what we see from the persecuted people. When all those things are not there, the great love and the great hope of Jesus Christ that they have. Then the other question is like, why <laughs> are we like Paul, ready to obey and follow Jesus? Now Paul had to be, <laughs> he had to be a uh, blinded and then he was willing to obey but he was he has asserted the whole time that he has lived with a pure conscience before God and man and really only thought that he was doing what God wanted him to do now he missed some points but then as he understands what Jesus wants him to do he 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 does it he goes out and again he preaches the gospel in a situation where maybe most people would just want to leave but he preaches and says, no, this is, he gets to share his whole story and he gets to share about Jesus and that all people should repent and come to know. And so again, in this council, Paul's probably one of the more, what do you call it? He's probably one of the more moral people there because we know some of them are kind of suspect. So when he's talking about repentance, and following Jesus by faith. Like even just in a moral sense, all the people around him are guilty of many things. So it's a true call to come to know Jesus. And what? To have your sins forgiven, to be adopted into this family, to be with the saints, as he puts it. To the, be with the ones who are sanctified. So that's the call also for you out there or in here. Have you made that choice to follow by faith Jesus? As, 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 as Paul said, he was sent to proclaim that people should come out of darkness and into God to be, to be res um, rescued out of Satan's gloss into 
the gathering of the saints. So Paul, he's a, Paul and Jesus all say, turn to God by faith in Jesus. Faith in what Jesus, that Jesus is the promised Christ, that he did come, as Paul talked about today, to suffer. It was the plan that he was going to come to suffer. What Moses and the prophets had said that the plan was that he would suffer. And he died that we might be saved. That Jesus is the true life and he was the first one to risen from, rise from the dead to show the promise of eternal life and to resurrection. So Jesus came to be a light and to make us holy and to have that we could have our sins forgiven. So that's the hope that Paul keeps preaching. Also when he is accused for the third and sixth and how many times. He keeps holding on to this is my hope. Why is it that people find it strange that God raises the dead? Amen. God, we thank you for this time. Thank you. Um, thank you for the witness of Paul and thank you, Luke, writing it down. Thank you that Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we can, you can open our eyes, you can open our eyes to see who Jesus is. And so, Lord, we thank you and praise you for all the things that you have done and you are doing. Pray for my friends online or if they don't know you, Lord, we ask, ask that you would help them to see that you would open up their eyes, that they would turn from darkness and run to you. And there will be by grace, by your faith, in you, Jesus. Help all of us who live this for a little while or for a long time. Help us to make it. Help us that it's real every day. And not just something we add on to something. Help us that when we get too focused on having the right stuff or having the right things. Or having the right, even having the right people or things around us, Lord, help us to help us to know that you are the most important thing, and that you are the hope that we have. So we thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a final note: like when he talks about hope, it's not just like, "Oh, I hope it's not going to rain tomorrow." It's like, it the the expression is like he is. Uh, he, it's like also from Hebrews, it's a it's a strong certainty that something will happen. When you talk about also he, there, it's about faith. It's the thing that you fully anticipate is, ha is going to happen. All right. You may stand up for the benediction. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead the Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do as well, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.